Welcome to the Blank Slate, and thanks for pushing play. You have your hosts with the mosts here. <laughs> God damn, this is still fucking weird. It's still this very fucking weird. This is so weird. This is weirder than last week when we had three other people with us. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at you, and I'm looking at this still photo of you. Yeah, and you're just in a room alone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. it's like... When we were recording last week, I knew that my wife was at least in the living room watching something I didn't want to watch. Mm-hmm. So, no, but here I'm just, I'm staring at Kermit the Frog spread-legged, and <laughs> and so is my life. This is Mullet in Winter Garden, Florida, Orlando, for you laymans out there, and in Chicago, Illinois, as you heard on our last episode, is Rich. Uh if if somebody were to be like rear windowing me and like looking at me through my window, like it just looks like I'm per- like LARPing being Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> You've been doing that since I've ever met you. But just alone by myself, though. Also, uh, also, you kind of do resemble resemble Raymond Burr a little bit. I see the Raymond Burr qualities in you, the villain in Rear Window. Okay. Uh, Perry Mason, if you will. Ah, much better. But <laughs> but a younger Perry Mason. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, he I, reminds uh, me of a young Perry Mason. <laughs> I'm sure that's something that my wife's grandmother would say about you. Um, possibly has. Probably has. So I wasn't able to be on the the podcast last time because I was uh, new to my job and I was getting home late, which I'm sad about, as I've mentioned to Rich uh, via text message. So many factual inaccuracies on the last podcast yeah i, I, I do want to say for the record just out there in the open transformers dark of the moon is not like the sixth highest grossing movie of all time no but it is china's highest grossing movie right so uh china is wrong um <laughs> but yeah uh we're here to uh catch up with each other and just they're not really like an overarching theme we're going to be jumping around a little bit on this podcast uh but I guess if you wanted to just start, because you haven't really talked about uh, your move, I've really talked about my move, especially to one another in depth. I mean, I know you had your videos online, which you can find on the YouTube channel for Richie Fourth, Rich's Unhomeward Bound series. Uh, but since then, how has everything been settling in more so in the realm of uh, what are the hot spots for food? You've already been sending me photos. Just what's what's been good? Uh, man, a lot of good, a lot of rough. Uh, the move-in was, was at first very rough, uh, just because, as I say in the videos, uh, locked the keys at the cab of the U-Haul, so that right. fucking sucked, and then, uh, like, tweaked my knee and rolled my ankle while trying to unload shit, so hired movers, <laughs> and they broke my Brad Penny bobblehead. <laughs> Dickholes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then just basically spent the next week, like you know, putting the entire apartment together while right. I was still just you know unemployed and could. And yeah, I've just been kind of I've been spending a lot of time in the apartment, which has been getting very stir crazy. But yeah, I was you know, going to ask you. You made it seem like that was the case, and I would imagine. Like, my first, like, couple weeks here in, like, 
the Orlando area, like I was getting exhausted, like going like Sam and I would go out like every like fucking night. Be like, oh, well, let's go check out the store. Oh, look, at these five other places we've never been to before. Let's all do it now. Like we don't live here. Um, so now I've been much more of a homebody. Whereas you, you seem like you've been kind of in a lot. Uh, pretty much because like everyone that I know here, like, you know, works full time jobs. And by the time, you know, they get home off the train, it's just like it's either, you know, they're, or they're like going from work to to something. Or it's just like going home and like your home is like, eh, you know, get out. Yeah, that's get true. Back it in. Um, <laughs> I've gone to see a few shows, uh, some good shows, seeing a Houndstooth show, seeing a, a dummy show. Um, cool. There was a, a TSF alumni mixer up here last Friday mm-hmm. that I uh, partook in. It was the first improv I've done since February. Uh, and not that that was much to shake a leg at, as you know. Uh <laughs> Uh, and it was, you know, I was knocking off some ring rust, man. That's a fucking reference. Shit. So I've been good. Um, I, God, <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, it's funny cause I'm, I'm reading so many articles right now. I want to talk about on our other podcast. <laughs> uh, winter garden has been uh, a lot of fun and you experienced it briefly when uh, you came with a friend, uh, here shortly after I moved in. Mm-hmm. My biggest complaints would probably be, again, there's so much to do and so many, like, you know, I'm in Winter Garden, there's Winter Park, there's Altamont Springs, there's just Orlando in general. But where I am at specifically, we're away from civilization, but when we kind of come out, like the five or ten minutes it takes us to get out, there's not a lot of uh, uniqueness to it. Like, it feels like Archer Road in that, like, when I go out to dinner later after we're done with this, it's going to be between, like, the same places. It's all the same old shit. Yeah, and I want to, like, more so be 25, 30 minutes... I'm, like, 25, 30 minutes away from, like, Del Taco and, like, Pieways and, like, other places where I'm just like, fuck, I want to go there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't want to drive so far. Um, but besides that, everything's been great. Um... You know, I'm. I will be fluent in Spanish by the end of the year. <laughs> You're not even in Miami, man. Yes, I am. I'm in the Miami of Orlando, Orange Blossom Trail. Ah, okay. Uh, in terms of where I work at, because I hear Spanish about all but thirty minutes of my day. Um. Yeah, everything's been everything's been tight. Everything's been good. I uh, I live in Rogers Park, a neighborhood in Chicago, which is, yep. I think, after. Uh, I think the Bronx or one of the boroughs in New York, it's like the second most ethnically diverse neighborhood in the country. Hmm. And it definitely like definitely seems that way. I mean, there's like everything here. I mean, you have you have your white people, um, but then you also have like, you know, and then you also have black people. But then you also have like like immigrants like. You have Africans, you have uh, uh, Hispanics and Mexicans, and you have like uh, Indi- like a you know a small Indian population, and it's just like it's it's unique. A lot of Asian population, and it makes for fucking not as many, or at least not as close to me, but some pretty good uh, food choices nearby, right? Uh, without having to get on a train. That's good. Um, I realized that within like my first week and a half up here, I only had two meals that didn't come inside of a bun. <laughs> uh, so uh, you, you are a bun guy. A lot of, a lot of burgers, a lot of hot dogs, uh, some Italian beefs. Um, t- 
today I went to a place called Franken Dogs, which mm-hmm. is like a, an artisan sausage place. Like it they looked do like the name should be Franken Dogs. What's that? It looked like the name should be Franken Dogs from the photo you sent me. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's not a. Um, <laughs> it's uh, like you can't get a Chicago dog there. Like they have a, a literally a sign with the big like you know circle and line through it with a Chicago dog back there. It's like all artisan sausages. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the brunch dog and it had a Texas toast bun and it was like a, a pork sausage with bacon on it and the egg with like a maple truffle or something. It was, hmm. it was the reason why I needed to take an hour and a half bike ride. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, there's just a shit ton of really good places in town, you know, like I've, Aside from, like, Yummy House, I've pretty much forgotten about all the places in Gainesville already. Yeah, I, because I, I'm one of two ways with my Chinese food. I either want it like Yummy House, fucking, like, the nicest you can get, presentation-wise, or I've always been a fan of those cheap Chinese places where the menu's the same, mm-hmm. but when you find the right one, it's super good. Yeah. Everything around me is right in the middle. Like yeah. Sam and I went to order Chinese the other night, and I was like, "Everything's fourteen dollars." <laughs> it's like, can't I just get like a seven fifty combo platter? Yeah, I want to. If I'm going to pay fifteen dollars, I'm going to go sit down and enjoy piles upon piles of calamari. Um, uh, so that's a little bit unfortunate. Every, it seems like every place, no matter what the 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 um like genre of food is, still has burgers on the menu. <laughs> so if it's like a Thai restaurant, you can get a hamburger. Yeah. Mexican places you can get burgers. Uh, there's this bomb ass pizza joint that's like right around the corner from us called Nueva Italy. It's mm-hmm. fucking great, but they nice. also have burgers on the menu. It's like come, mm. you're, you're doing you're doing it right. You're doing you you got this block on lockdown. Why are you doing burgers too? I mean, they're maybe they're mm. great. Who knows? But that pizza is fucking dope. Yeah, it's just you know a little bit of everything. There's a. Uh... There's a, a downtown Winter Garden that Sam and I just found like historic and it was really really nice and I, oh, we found cool. this little uh, found this little bar called um, I don't remember and historic uh, about Winter Garden how far back does that go like 1978 Yeah it was just a bunch of John Travolta posters everywhere um, <laughs> they just never took them down No just you know they're like yeah this is historic um, but they have like a nice like bed and breakfast and like some like cool like old like candy stores and shops but they have this like a little bar where they have like like a 99 bottles of beer challenge where like mm-hmm. you do it in order and you like your name on the wall and stuff. That's cool. So like having having like that little like thing close is nice so we don't have to go to like downtown Orlando or you know like the mall millennia area or things like that. That but, ain't um, to that ain't to you know look down your nose at downtown Orlando man. Uh I I you know, the more and more I think about it, the more I really did enjoy the downtown area of downtown Orlando. If Absolutely. not just for the fact that it wasn't iDrive and it wasn't downtown Disney or City Walk. Oh um, no. I, I'm not I'm not putting my nose down. I just mean that it's it's this is like right close. in our backyard. The proximity makes yeah. it nicer. Um no, I, I'm heavily looking forward to well, I'm heavily looking forward to going back to downtown Orlando, but it is gonna be bittersweet in that we can't sit out at Lizzie's and Watch a girl cry for thirty minutes True. while I secretly True. record it, or watch Augie get I fucked the shit out of. He he almost made a girl squirt just by her looking at him. Yeah, he wasn't doing anything. No, and she I don't think she even had a kid. Maybe at it, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, who can keep track at this point? <laughs> Fuck him. Is he here? 
That was backwards. So, uh, do they? Um, and if anything, if you, you know, if it gets too tiring down there, you can just crash at Tim and Allie's place. That um, too. That as well. Who well, I have not seen them yet. It's like we've been so crazy. I've seen Steve and Laura. We had a really nice dinner at this really cool Irish place close to us called Hagen O'Reilly's, uh, where I had a hamburger where the buns were donuts. Nice. And uh, and then uh, Sam made uh, Sam got bangers and mash, which now I'm addicted to just mashed potatoes, gravy, and sausage together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I, so we saw them. Um, I haven't seen Matt yet. Haven't seen Tim and Allie yet. Just we've been. Yeah, Tim. Uh, uh... Shortly after you moved down, Tim was like, still haven't seen Molly yet. I'm like, give him a month. After a month, if he doesn't start showing around, then, you know, don't ever expect to see him. Yeah, <laughs> he he texted me like the first week I was here saying like, hey, man, Jeff and Matt and I are going to get some lunch. And I was like, I have 700 Blu-rays in front of me. Yeah. And if these are here when I my wife gets home, I'm going to be in trouble because I wasn't working. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm t- totally going to hit him up uh, once my parents leave. They get here Friday for 12 days. I'll bring them along. They'll be in an, ad- an addition. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I've i been to, on Saturday, went to the um, the new I.O., formerly known as Improv Olympic. Mm-hmm. Uh, their new space um, right across from, like, the biggest Whole Foods you'll ever see. <laughs> and right next to a strip club called VIPs. Um. And it is an amazing space. I've only I only poked my head in once in the uh, Wrigleyville location for the old IO. Yeah, this new place it's it's like a community college. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has like several theaters downstairs. Um, TJ and Dave have their own theater that's like in the building, but they run it separately. Like you have to buy tickets like I think separately, but hmm. it's still like their own space. Um, and if you don't know who TJ and Dave is, uh, check them out on YouTube. They're like a legendary improv duo in Chicago. Um, and yeah. And then like upstairs, there's like another little cabaret, like performance area, but there's also, uh, like classrooms, like a shit ton of just like classrooms and hallways and, and, and offices and, and shit like that. And there's bars everywhere too, which is awesome. Um, it's great. If you haven't, check out uh, Jeff Quintana's Facebook. This is just for mullet. I don't believe any of the rest of you are going to be friends of Jeff Quintana, yeah. unless you're personal friends with us as well. Um, but yeah, very impressive. And I can't wait to start taking classes there, which coincidentally and conveniently enough, I just knock on wood that I get it uh, interviewed for two hours today at a at the hippest ass HVAC online office that you've ever seen it's like an you, online hvac uh company um and it's uh the office is just cool as shit man there's no cubes it's like all open space and everything and like the owner's dog was in the meeting room that you know we were having the interview <laughs> with so uh how do you feel about uh what we need to do with more balls in the office and how they should be in my mouth i don't know i'm just thinking what? of Think of what dogs would ask in job interviews. Oh. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years, and why is it watching me licking my asshole? <laughs> hey, man, it was a husky, right? It had dignity in class. I'm sorry. So I had like a cigar in his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I had a martini. Um, yeah. Uh, so you're still in the job search. I'm in my new job. Uh, it's it's something. It's uh, 
still it's still in the banking in- industry, but now I'm kind of a supervisor, um, supervising uh, people. It's funny how an hour and a half south, things are very much different in that every rule that I used to know is totally different. Really? Yeah, it it's... Be, is it still... Sun, is, or, mm, uh, <laughs> yes, it is the same financial institution. Okay. And it's... I don't. I think it's just because there's something in the banking industry. It changes from different names. Basically, they're in charge of compliance and following rules and regulations. And when you get that position, you can kind of change what the norm is in your area. Like just as long as it's not like blatantly like different. It's like, oh yeah, the, the limits are only twenty thousand in your drawer. Oh, I'll make them eighty. Like as long as you don't do something like that. So everyone's used to doing this one thing from their ROM. And that person's not there anymore, so they just still do it that way. And I was not trained in, to do the things that way. Right. And everyone there has been there so long, they are very unreceptive to change. And they're also all women. Um, and they all speak Spanish, so I know they're talking about me. But, you know, I'll get used to it. Uh, we need to get a dog up in there, though, from what it sounds like. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that is life, if you will. Um, kind of went a little bit longer on that, what I wanted to, but we had a lot of catching up to do. We did have a lot of catching up to do. I want you to catch me up on what you were saving for me from your conversation with Jeff and Tim last week. Ah, yes. And regards to our fantasy movie league that I will not be winning this year. Although I will say, as I look at the current updated stats from when you recorded that last, I might finish in second. It is it is a tight one. Yeah. In the 2 through 6 range mm-hmm. and that really anything can happen just depending on what people are going to see because the only thing that's coming out is fucking Sin City. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, there is a 75 point difference between 6th and 2nd, which 6th is Dan and 8 and 2nd right now is Jeff. I'm only 13 points behind Jeff. Rich, I see you probably finishing either 3rd or 4th. You'll definitely jump Zangry cuz yeah. Guardians is Guardians is killing it. Already Tol- second second overall on the season. It's holding well. It is. Um, so hit me with this knowledge. Okay. Well, uh, in lieu of uh, all of the misinformation last week. Right. Uh, I decided to come and bring it with the, the hardcore facts. Oh, no. Um, and so you know how uh, much of a proponent that I've always been not not uh, ardent i never really kind of grandstand about it but i bring it up pretty much every season uh to somehow see if we can work in uh domestic net profits right and um so for those of you unfamiliar uh with box office pretty much for the league we go by just domestic gross which is just however much it makes from dollar from the first ticket to the last ticket um Net is basically accounting for uh, how much it makes after it makes its money back or how much it lost. Right. Uh, and that's and, and, and the reason we never really did it is because it's hard to hammer that down because sometimes they include advertising and marketing dollars and et cetera. Um, I will be pushing for international grosses from here on out considering <laughs> that Transformers made 75% more of its money not in this country. Yeah. I, 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 for this... You can completely just throw out international grosses because worldwide, pretty much every movie makes its fucking money back. Oh, no, absolutely. But specifically, 
like this Transformers movie made a billion dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, I mean, it, that'll be the same case though for a lot of these movies. Yeah, like it made so much more overseas. Ugh, I know. Go on. Um, but so I just wanted to kind of see how the season would have played out as of uh, the weekend of what was this last weekend? The seventeenth, uh, eighteenth. Uh, no, yeah, the sixteenth. Uh, it would have been the yeah sixteenth. I believe no, the fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. Fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. So as of this last weekend, after you know the estimates came in on Monday, I wanted to see basically with the league essentially wrapping up, as you said, since it is the last real movie to come out. If we treated all of our rosters like studios, who had the most profitable domestic studio this year? Oh, no. And the results uh, at times are hilarious. Um, and I, I ranked everybody in terms of totals. Uh, I found the budget from almost every movie, except for like two. Um. So, and I did every everyone's roster. Is there anywhere you would, you're curious that you would like me to start, or you? Want I mean, me I would start? I would just go eight to one. Just go right on up. Oh, you want me to start at eight? Do I not want to? All right, give me your guess. Who do you think is eighth? Well, the, oh, I have two guesses. Uh, my, for this league, RJ would have been my number eight guess, no matter what. Yeah. But the way you said it there, I'm I'm scared. It's like Sam. No, 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 no. Oh, it's RJ. Okay. <laughs> RJ would have never been able to have worked in this business again, which means he'd be hired again the next day. Yeah, which means he's in Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Uh, okay. His studio started out pretty well. Earth to Echo made like $24.5 million. Fuck off. Rio 2 made like $28.3 million. That I believe. Million Dollar Arm even made 114 you guys were shitting on Rio 2 uh, last week. That's RJ's biggest movie. It is. It is. And it's definitely RJ's biggest movie. <laughs> <When you> look, <laughs> I mean, uh, so here's where things start to drop off. Oh, no. Transcendence. Oof. Domestically lost $77 million. Oh, God. Wish I Was Here lost $2.5 million. From a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> Sabotage lost $24.5 million. <sighs> As of this weekend, and it'll make more. Hercules lost $31.9 million. Jesus. And Brick Mansions lost $7.7 million. For a grand total of negative $79.4 million. Talk about Shh. in the... Red. Shucky ducky quack quack. Oh, fuck. No, that's technically, technically something an old comedian used to say. Uh, okay, good. Well, I want the graphic to show in front of me, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so RJ lost um, a lot of money for his hypothetical okay. studio this year. Uh, my guess for seventh would yeah. be, uh, it'd be, I'm going to say Dan. Uh, it's actually Jeff. Who's number two? Who's yeah, number two in the yeah. Um do you have a guess of a number that Jeff might be at? Um, let me think. Well, Dawn's a prophet. Uh Muppets was probably just, just oh, throw Muppets out, is a prophet. Just, uh I'll say what do you got? Use your gut. Um 
I, he's probably not far. Maybe like either five or ten in the plus or the minus. Okay. Uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman lost $33.6 million. Wow. Really? Why is that so expensive? Animated movies are fucking expensive, dude. I know, but like it still did it made a decent nut. It did not make its money back. They're wow, all that's... like most animated movies are like minimum like 130. That's insane. It is. It really is. Um Dawn of the Planet of the Apes almost made up for that with 31.8. Okay. Uh Muppets Most Wanted, you know, the, the legendary Muppets franchise. I mean, I'm not going to knock the Muppets. Everyone knows I love them. Made $1.1 million. Yeah, I'd say it probably was a chop. Yeah. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh, I forgot about that. That was probably like a $150 million movie for no reason. Uh, lost $78.6 million. Ooh! Have you, whoa! Did you, <laughs> did you see that article about how the uh, uh, Warner Brothers is, has like essentially like renaming the movie for yeah. video release? Yeah, I heard about it. Essentially live, die, repeat, which is a much better title than anything it ever would have gotten. An or, Edge Tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, what They started that? calling it Edge in commercials, like Edge. Yeah. I was like, what? So, all right, after that, his highest net movie was Think Like a Man with $41.1 million in profit. Uh, a Haunted House 2 turned a profit. $13.3 million. That's why they do them. It cost like $4 million to make that movie. Yep. Uh, Enemy was very hard to find a fucking uh, <laughs> budget on. So for a movie like that, I kind of estimated how much it cost to make it at around like depending on who was in it and whatnot like that, like eight to twelve million dollars. And it was still at a loss from everything that yeah, I read. So I, I, I estimated that to be around negative four million dollars. Okay. Uh, and then Oculus made $22.6 million. Hell yeah, good job, such a studio. <laughs> a certain studio. It's the name of the studio. Yeah, good job, WWE Studio. Uh, but all in all, uh, between Edge and Peabody, he couldn't overcome those odds for a negative $6.3 million loss. Okay, yes, yeah, so I was close. Yeah. Number six. Um, uh, number six, I'm trying to think of like who, all right, because we're probably in the plus side, or the close to the plus side now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say you. That would be incorrect. It'd be Dan. Ah, uh, damn it! I should, shouldn't have gone with that. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, let's think. Well, Captain, and that's probably about it. <laughs> Give me your gut. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say profit. Let's go like the twenty, thirty million range between twenty five million. How much? Five. Five. That's it. Need for Speed lost twenty two and a half million. Yeah. Captain bolstered him with eighty nine point seven million. Yeah. Noah hurt him minus twenty three point eight mil. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot about Noah. Purge made a shit ton of money because those movies are fucking cheap. Yeah. Uh, Sixty one point one million. Ooh, planes. Uh, uh, not as much as you think. Um, planes was a five point seven million uh, profit, but it's hmm. so early. Um, Walk of Shame was. <laughs> Minus fourteen point nine. Um, <laughs> it's only been in his first week in release, but Expendables three is in the red, eighty three point eight million dollars, and it's probably going to be somewhere in like the forty or fifty range. Yeah, no, that's not getting close. Uh, uh, yeah. And then the Quiet Ones uh, was about six point five in the red as well. Mm-hmm. So 
it was Captain America for Dan, as and, it's been all season. And the Purge. And the Purge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would say that you are probably you have to be fifth. That would be incorrect. What? Yeah. I know you have a couple movies that lost their ass. Fifth would be Tim. Oh, I forgot about Tim. <laughs> Totally, I'm looking at the list of the eight people in their order, and I totally just skip right over Tim. Yeah. Um, call, let's what do say, you think? Um, I feel like X Men they get away with it's like a little bit cheaper. Uh, let's say uh, I'll tell you right now, Tim's was the hardest to calculate. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Yep. Um, uh, I'll go and I'll say I'll say like twenty five mil. Uh, approximately 52.4. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess those animal movies are fucking cheap. Well, uh, uh, well we don't know because I know well, you guessed uh, it. I mean, I'll get there, all right? <laughs> uh, Grand Budapest Hotel made $28 million. Yeah. No wonder why fucking Wes Anderson keeps making these fucking movies. And they're uh, also good. Million Ways to Die in the West only made 2.7 million ways to earn a profit. It made a profit? It it's, it's it by the skin of its teeth. Holy shit. Yeah. They're only getting nickels, but essentially, yeah. Damn. Um, and then, yeah. I'm sure it made some for, you know, rental and DVD and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past only turned $32.4 million of a profit. Makes sense. Uh, Sin City hasn't come out yet. Um, Bears, 4.7 in the green. Sure, why not? Or in the black. Those- those movies make a little bit of cash. A little bit of scratch. Disney, Disney. I couldn't find jack shit about lemurs. <laughs> I think you have to actually go to an IMAX and ask for the manager. Google wouldn't even recognize the title of the fucking movie. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think I've ever said this, but the first week of the le- the first week that it came out on Rotten Tomatoes, I kept putting islands of lemur yeah. instead of island of lemurs, yeah. and it would just I was like, well, does this movie not exist? No, it's just one island. No, I know, but I was I thought it was multiple. Uh no, that's the sequels, Islands of Lemurs. <laughs> Dawn of the Islands of the Lemurs. Uh yeah, so I just gave up. That's a question mark. Okay. Uh Begin Again lost him ten point six and the double <laughs> approximately again, super fucking hard to find any movie. Approximately four point eight million. Okay. Fourth. Don't say <sighs> me again, motherfucker. Well now that you say that it's gonna be you. Nope, it's you. It's me? Yeah. It's me? Yeah. How much? Did, yeah, walk-in. How much did you think you netted? I didn't even mean to do a walk-in. How much did I net? Yeah. Uh, Not as much as I should have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was Tim? 30, you said, or 50? 52. 52. Uh, I'm probably in like the 80 range. Higher. God damn it. Uh, Like the 120 range? Uh, 133.9. Fucking hell. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Hey, it made your profit of 26.2. Don't get down on that movie, man. Go on. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you're still there. I uh, barely. Uh, as of, I think it was, it's what? It's like second week out in release. T- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was only about $7.4 million away from breaking even. Yeah, and it'll, it'll get there. Uh, Transformers 4, uh, while being the top grossing movie in China... Only made made net thirty three point three million dollars in in America. Yeah. 
Uh, blended earned a profit of $6.1 million. Fucking right. Adam Sandler knows what he's doing. <laughs> Those mo- he, like, that's why he keeps doing these. Everyone that says, oh, my God, Adam Sandler, why are you doing this? Because he fucking makes scratch and he gets to wear shorts whenever he wants. <laughs> he's the guy theory of acting. Uh, just about. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. Um, Cesar Chavez, which you picked up. Uh, lost $4.5 million. Fucking Michael Pena. Uh, in one of the highest netting movies of the season, Heaven is for Real netted you $79.4 million. Greg Kinnear. I want to uh, add that from the last podcast, I knew you were going to reference, as Tony Colt refuses to call it anything else, yeah. the Greg Kinnear windshield wiper movie. Yeah, I did it for you guys. Thank you. Because uh, it went immediately over Tim and Jeff's head. Of course. Because uh, that's what you call an inside joke. Get On Up, still in theaters, uh, is three million away from breaking even. And that Draft one Day. What's that? That one boggles my mind. It's been dropping like 60% every week. Yeah. People just don't like James Brown, I guess. No, yeah, well, you know. I don't know. Um, if he would have put, if, if that actor would have played James Brown in a Jackie Robinson jersey. It may have helped. Yeah. Uh, and then Draft Day made $3.8 million. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, so you got three left. I'm going to say you again. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> it's Zangry. What? Yeah, in his first year in the league, Zangry had a net of... Uh, I'll go, yeah, I made a lot of money, uh, like 170, 180 North over two, over two. We made $215.9 million. His movies did, uh, Godzilla made 40.5. Yep. Uh, chef was around 12.3. Yep. Uh, Maleficent 56.7. I knew that one was going to be big. Mm hmm. Uh, neighbors. Uh, or I'm sorry, single moms uh, lost 4.1. Neighbors, I think, was the yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the biggest netting movie of the season at 132 I, million dollars. Yeah, Efron and Rogan, I think, took a pay cut and did the Nicholson Batman deal and got like percentage of of box office and stuff. So Good call. There's no reason why he's gonna lose this league. He had three fucking mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. in the top ten, mm-hmm. and he's going to lose this league. It's, it's what I've done every single fucking time, yeah. and he's going to lose. It's not fair. Well, uh, Jersey Boys made 6.5. Uh, the Giver, uh, again, just came out, uh, is uh, s- uh, south $12.3 million, and So It Goes is also south $15.7 million. Just everything. It's just south everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Zangry, third in net. Um, I was surprised he was not one of the top two. He, I mean, I said when we drafted, I fully expected the top three in this league to be me, Sam, and Zangry, and then with fourth being either you or Jeff. Because I'm so always I, fourth, I, dog. What? Because I'm always fourth, dog. I know. <laughs> so I'm going to hit it, but the fact that you're going to pass him and he's going to finish like fifth or sixth is a goddamn crime. I know. Not as much, though, because I did have some good fucking movies in there. You did. That had legs. You did. Um, Um, 
I really hope you're not number one in this. It's got to be Sam. Second is me. Number one okay. is Sam. But okay. I mainly started to do this just because I wanted to see. And I'm not a sick person, so I didn't go to past leagues to look this up. Thank but God. my movies make money, god damn it. <laughs> Executive of the year, motherfucker. Actually, no. F- screw what I said about Neighbors. I completely said, uh, f- uh, fuck this up. The highest netting movie of the summer was 22 Jump Street with $139 million. Sorry, I didn't give you the chance to guess what my net was. It was $255 million.2 dollars, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 22 Jump Street, highest netting movie of the summer. Suck on my dick. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy at this point, $52.2 million. Motherfucking Tammy! million dollars I think I would like to uh, also congratulate Tammy it's close but I know it's in the top three all time of worst audience score on Rotten Tomatoes Mm -hmm. uh, for Rotten Tomatoes a movie that's been in the league so congratulations Tammy it's like like 29% or something made people got rich off it Uh, filth um, (laughs) uh, uh, made like $54,000 total yeah, well, domestically. Um, I hated that pickup because I had to scroll to the very, very bottom every fucking week <laughs> just to make sure that it hadn't crossed the threshold to get one point. Yeah, point, so a tenth of a point. It, was, it was negative 4.9 million domestically, but worldwide it still made money. It made $3.2 million. So, um, you know, uh, bad words made negative 2 million, sex tape negative 2.2 million. Uh, Deliver Us from Evil broke even. That's a surprise. Like it literally just, just broke even. They, they just might as well not have worked those months. Um, <laughs> Eric Bandish have done something else. Yeah. Go, go, go with your kids. Mm. Um, and as disappointing as it was to see, I still want to see it just because it's hard to believe that it's like 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Let's Be Cops made $9.1 million net. In one weekend. In one weekend. Good. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the thing that the problem is is it's it seems like it was just really boring. Like <laughs> everything I see is just like yeah, it's just it's boring and no none of the jokes are good. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. A lot of funny people in it. I gotta see it to believe that it's not good. Yeah. So how much do you think Sam netted? Oh, God, oh. between Fault, Lucy, and um, well, Spider Man, but who gives a shit? And Divergent. What was yours? Two fifty something. Two fifty five point nine. I'm gonna say she's like three fifty five. Lower, much lower. Okay, uh, three ten. Two sixty eight point four. So she just beat you. And and quite possibly with Guardians, I could still nip at those heels. Right. Um. And but I mean, it does go to show like. All right, she's number one in the league, and she's also number one in this. I mean, there is definitely a corollary, especially when you look at RJ and you look at Sam. That that that's that's that makes me happy. It doesn't make me happy that with the roster that she has, she's going to win. Right. But it's it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly enough, Spider Man domestically only made two point seven million dollars. You know, it was not a big movie. Like when you guys like no. when you were talking about it on the pod, I was like. Like they're not going to make as many Spider-Man movies because of this. Well, that's why they push it back like another year. Yeah, and then they're still going to do the Sinister Six at least as of right now. Right, and like the Venom movie, I think too. Yeah, I don't... 
Like, they're still going to try to create the little Spidey-verse, but who knows? They may just hit the reset button again. Yeah. Uh, Divergent made $65.9 million. Um, Cuban Fury actually made a shit ton of money in England. Uh, not a shit ton, but it made it, it, it made a profit. Uh, but it was negative one point five million uh, in America. Uh, three hundred uh, was negative three point five million. Huh. The other fucking woman made forty three point nine million dollars. Kate Upton's tits, man. Kate Upton's tits. Uh, the Fault in Our Stars made a hundred and twelve point one million dollars net. Oh God, I fucking I. Mm, she that, got it for a dollar, man. She earned it. No, she earned it because no, she didn't get it for a dollar. She got it for two, didn't she? Oh, no. The reason I say that is because I could only get things that I was nominating, and it was close to the end of the draft where I had that on my list. Is like if I can get this, I'm going to get it, and she nominated it, and I couldn't get it. Bottom line is, no one else in the fucking league knew it was even going to be a thing. I knew it was. Or else it would have gone. I know. Lucy made $67.5 million. Luke Bassan should be scared of Jeff. <laughs> he is coming for him. I wanted you to play the drop from my other podcast. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Into the Storm, again, this was like its first or second week in theaters, lost um, $18.7 And it's not going to make much more, but yeah. I don't know. Just found that interesting. Thank you for divulging me. Or Absolutely. Me. No, I, I love to hear shit like that. Um, that is... It's good. Again, it's a peace of mind that I lost. I told her. She's like, Aren't, how sad are you? I'm like, beat me fair and square. Like, it wasn't, you know, yeah, I can make complaints about, uh, you know, how to train your dragon, just not doing what it is, and the fact that people just can't appreciate the, the masterful work of Michael Bay. Then you know what? She beat me. Well, and also the fact that, like, man, you're not supposed to go to the movies to want to fucking cry your ass off. God damn it. It's true. You're supposed to. Yeah. Just watch some fucking, you know, fake cops or, <laughs> you know, another movie about fake cops or fake college kids. <laughs> or uh... two fake cop movies. You dick. <laughs> it was just the inverse of the other. Right. Really what it was. Right. Um, well, I guess to, to segue. Mm-hmm. um. There's really not a lot uh, to talk about movie league wise, except our drafts coming up soon. But talking about movies and uh, escapism, um, I know you want to talk about this because we haven't uh, discussed it personally or mm-hmm. on a recorded medium. But um, of course, the the passing of Robin Williams last week, or was it the week? It was, after? It was last week. Last week. Um, and I wanted to ask you this because. Um, I want to know how you found out because I, I found out it up. if it wasn't for my roommate Robert coming in the door and like just sort of saying something like can't fucking believe it. And I was like, what? And then he said, Robin Williams. I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, if he didn't say that, if he didn't come home, if he had come home like half an hour later, I would have found out because on uh, Twitter, um, if like a lot of the people I follow retweet a lot of you know, someone else that I follow or just the same person, mm-hmm. it'll send me a notification for that. And uh, I got one of those notifications and it was a tweet from CM Punk, um, uh. 
which isn't a reference. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's referencing the person. You should have said Phil Brooks. Phil Brooks, yeah. Uh, well, it was the Twitter handle at CM Punk, but th- it was basically him tweeting about it, which is would have been the first I would have heard about it, um, if not for Robert. How did you hear? Um, so, as you know, I don't have very good cell phone reception in my new apartment, so I leave my phone by the patio because it gets a couple bars. I was on my computer. I was editing and typing up uh, a new article for our website. So I wasn't on the internet. I was on two programs. But I was on the computer for like two or three hours. Just yeah. not on online. And I heard my phone beep. Thinking it was my wife on her way home from work. And I go over and it's my mother. Texting me the news. Which happens very rarely. Because she'll text me stuff like two or three days later. Yeah, She's like oh did you watch blank and i'm like yeah that was the super bowl was sunday it's wednesday <laughs> um but she texted me she's like did you hear robin williams died and they think it's suicide and i was like what what so that's how i found out it was a text from my freaking mother that's a two-part text that you don't put that all in one text she put it all in one text and like, there wasn't i think it was a, it was a run-on sentence um i actually texted my mom uh that like later that night um the news and that was her first finding out yeah. as well um except mine was like a lot less descriptive all i said was robin williams yeah assuming that she had already heard right um and she's like question mark question mark question mark question mark i'm like and then you know went into the uh what was known at that time um but i did want to kind of just you know, talk about it a little bit because a lot of people have. And one thing that I like that we do is we kind of, you know, a lot of people will talk about it and record about it. A lot of things that happen on knee jerk reactions. And we do sort of like, let to thing like to let things sit and sort of germinate for a little bit to be able to really wrap our heads around it. Right. Cause it still took me about a week to really kind of wrap my head around the whole situation. Um, and also, from everything that I listened to and from that I was hearing, uh, was not necessarily representative of our generation. And it was a lot of people that were talking about uh, seeing Robin Williams come up, whereas yeah. we kind of came into this world with him being an already established performer. An, and an Oscar-nominated actor, yeah. like one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. Um, and there's also a really good, um, uh, almost it has like kind of like a, 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 a an upbeat wake feel, um, like good story eulogy feel, like probably the best podcast that did it. And it was just like not people that really knew him like well, but just like had experiences with him. There was a, a Doug Loves Movies podcast with, um, and the ones doing the bulk of the talking were Mark Marin and and Kumail Nanjiani, mm-hmm. um, and. It was just really cool and like all these people just kind of talking about like the one or two encounters they sort of had with him and just them being just great fucking stories. Yeah, um, there there were so many of those that came out from like a lot of like really famous people. Yeah. Um and they were all like just so unique and so like vibrant, which is exactly what you expect them to be, but it's good to see those kind of things you know resonate after such a thing. Right. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of wanted to kind of go through and just talk about like 
our generation's timeline with Robin Williams, sort of, as it were. Absolutely. Um, for me, I mean, I mean, you look at the the late eighties and early nineties. Mm-hmm. There's he he was really. Uh, a a children's entertainer for a lot of that period for us because while he had his Good Morning Vietnams and he had his um, uh, Fisher Kings and stuff like that, to us, he is the genie Peter Pan and Mrs. Doubtfire. And you you think of those and that's, you know, Aladdin was one of the biggest movies of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mrs. Doubtfire maybe was the biggest movie of 1993. Oh, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. But it was like one of the top three or four. Yeah. Uh, Hook, of course, is much more of a cult classic. But still, you know, people love it. Um, and even uh, look later, like, <laughs> like Flubber and things like that. You know, to us, he was until... What, like, was, the, what was the first thing you ever saw him in? That I can remember? Yeah. Um, like actual movie wise, probably was Aladdin. Okay. Um, I, I, the two, the three things I remember as a kid of Rob Williams, I remember watching the Dead Poet Society and just not getting it. I think it was just on TV, but like thinking that like, man, whoever that guy is, he's really good. Um, I remember seeing the toys poster constantly. Yeah. It was just at, uh, our, we had a movie theater in our local mall when that was still a thing. And, you know, for some reason, I remember the poster was out like the entire year. Yeah. And I just kept seeing Robin Williams and a red ass hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, that image of him is like when I think Robin Williams, I think of that image with like two other ones first and foremost. Yeah, I um, agree. That that was that poster is like burned into my brain. Yeah. And the third would be getting my Peter Pan uh, Happy Meal toy from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had all the Peter Pan action figures except Thudbutt because he was rare. Um it's just fun to say. Um, and I would play with him and Hook and Rufio all the fucking time in my in my league. Um, yeah. uh, all right. I do want to kind of go back real quick on one thing. Um, anyone older than us hates Hook. I, I, I get that. They hate, I don't see it. I don't get it. It's like 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I know that it didn't get good reviews when it came out, but I never really expected like other people, again, sort of like older than us, not in our generation, to not just not care about it, but just actively dislike it. And I, it's not like I haven't watched it since I've been in my 20s. I watched it. I still thoroughly enjoy it and indeed actually love it. If it comes on TV... Like, Sam and I always leave it on. Sam especially, yeah. but me too. It's like, if it's on ABC Family, I'm like, where are you leaving this on? There's nothing else on, and this is going to make me happy. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, I'm pretty sure it's just from, like, and I don't know how people, like, younger than us, like, like 10 years younger than us feel about it, if they've even seen it. But, like, there's been, there's a there's a band called Rufio, you know? Yeah. There, it's, I, I just wanted to get it out there that Hook is a damn good movie. Hook is very good. Um, first thing I probably saw him in was probably like a Nick at Night episode of Mork and Mindy. See, I don't think I've ever watched a single episode of Mork and Mindy in my entire life. They used to play it on, on Nick at Night. And like I would see it 
they're like, oh, wait, I, that, you know, and like, okay, yeah, this is interesting. And like, you know, my parents would tell me about it. Yeah. And like, you would like this guy. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then, yeah, the next thing I'd see him in, because I still, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Good Morning Vietnam still to this day. Me, me either. Um, and I haven't, I haven't seen Dead Poet Society. I saw it in high school, mm-hmm. um, but I really wasn't paying that much attention to it, unfortunately. Uh, I, I, if it's on cable, I'll watch Popeye. I've always wanted to watch Popeye. You've never and seen I, it? I've never have. I remember uh, I found out about Popeye. I didn't find out about its existence until like well in the high school. Where like I went in like my local like movie store and I was like, what? Yeah. Why have I not been notified about this immediately? Dude, watch Popeye. Uh, I will. It's, it's, it'll make you appreciate. Uh, it's like verbatim the story told on the, the, the raft ride, the river raft ride at Islands of Adventure. <laughs> Um, didn't like Robert Altman direct it? Yeah, <laughs> so weird. It's it's fascinating. It's not stellar by any means, but you know it's it's Robin Williams. Not just like he's vocally doing a Popeye impression, but like he's got the prosthetic forearms. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just it's it's visually interesting to watch and like the performances are also like very interesting um yeah i just i don't know i like it um i never saw shakes the clown i don't know, uh, I don't know what it is. he was a he had a small part in that and i imagine that's where he you know him and his friendship with bobcat goldthwaite uh bloomed yeah um which he did some of his like better work with later on and I'm not just talking about that Snickers commercial. Um, <laughs> I never made that connection. Have you ever seen Awakenings? I've heard nothing but great things about it. Yeah. I've always wanted to, but I never have. That's a dope movie right there. Yeah. Um, all right. And then Fern Gully. I forgot about Fern Gully. Yeah, dude. The test subject before. It's like, hey, can Rob Williams be a good voice actor? You're goddamn right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Aladdin, obviously. There's not really much we need to say about Aladdin other it's than... It's the greatest voice acting performance ever, and it will never be topped. Never. I mean... Never. I I don't know about you, but like as a, I, I wore out my Aladdin soundtrack cassette. Uh, I, I wore out the tape. I mean, it's of that generation of like the new era, like Disney movies, it's my favorite. And of course, it's like the one they haven't re-released on Blu-ray yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking love it because of him. Because it's 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 perfect. When Return of Jafar came out, my mom asked me if I wanted it, and I asked if Robin Williams was the genie. She said no, and I said no. <laughs> See, I thought you were gonna be like, um, it's like my mom asked me if I wanted to Return of Jafar, and I, I I responded with, "Bitch, you goddamn right." <laughs> Well, no, because he wasn't the voice. No, I know he wasn't because it's some like contractual. That's a really weird thing. I remember reading about a long time ago is like they had those issues. And then, of course, he came back and did uh, uh, Alibaba, the, the, the third one, 40 Thieves. Yeah. But like still like there's like like some like books or like articles where like they purposely omit his name because of contractual reasons. Yeah. But he was like inducted into the Disney Hall of Fame. It's a really weird situation. Aladdin and the King of Thieves. I'm sorry, King of Thieves. Yeah, I knew it was it was based on Alibaba. Yeah. Um, um, but that said, when he came back for King of Thieves, mm-hmm. 
like I somehow just like heard about it like in school or something, you know. Yeah. Like, there was no Twitter in 1996. No. And so I heard about it. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go peep that. And <laughs> uh, cut to high school. We're having a yard sale. And uh, someone asks if we have any, like, Disney VHSs um, on sale. That were, like, you know, and my mom asked if I want to part with any, which I, like, still have all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Except, like, the one they were, the main one they were looking for was Aladdin. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, I can, uh, uh, I mean, I don't want these anymore. And they were asking for a pretty decent price for Aladdin. And so my mom went in, and I'm like, okay, fine. And so my mom went in and grabbed it. And she accidentally grabbed King of Thieves, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I fucking loved. See, it was my least favorite of the three. I loved. She accidentally grabbed that, sold it. I was pissed at her for like two weeks. <laughs> of course you were. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, to- Toys was weird. I remember seeing that when it came out. I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it later. I was and six years old, and it was. F- it it was. Yeah, it's weird. Who directed that? Uh, I think it was Levinson. I was, was gonna say Levinson. it seemed it seemed like Levinson. Yes, it was. Uh, and it was just weird. Like I haven't watched it since I was a kid. So Me I don't either. know if like I can actually, you know, see if they're actually trying to what they're trying to say. Right. You know, like motifs didn't exactly sink in when I was six. Um But and then you follow that up with Mrs. Doubtfire, which is again just like an iconic movie. And I think I read somewhere that they were supposed to do, like, they were just signed on to do a sequel for it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, it's his Tootsie. Because, I mean, and that goes beyond, like, the, the drag thing. In right. that it's just, only one person could knock that role out of the park, and it was him. And it was iconic. Yeah. When the first time, and I don't really count, I guess Toys kind of was, but you didn't go in expecting it. The first time I had ever seen... Robin Williams in a piece of dramatic work was in 1994 in an episode of Homicide Life on the Street. <laughs> of course you did. Of course. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm eight years old. Should I have been watching a show called Homicide Life on the Street? No. No. Uh, but it being set in Baltimore and my mom's family being from there, it was an exception. Uh, the same way that she told me the only way I was ever allowed to curse is if it was in the context of a Jimmy Buffett song. You, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just listening to your life as I know it. Okay. Um, but that episode, I mean, it's a great show as it is, but that episode in particular is fucking fantastic. The episode's called Bop Gun. Uh, seek that out if you've never seen it. And while we're on the subject, it's much later on, but to this day and forever, my favorite episode of Law & Order SVU will be the episode that Robin Williams is on. He is fantastic in it. Yeah. Um, I, let's see. Let's move on a little bit from there. I mean, Jumanji was, again, still, again, if it's ever on ABC Family, I still watch Jumanji. Exactly. It holds up. I've never seen The Birdcage. Uh, I own it. I got it from Augie, which is weird. Um, <laughs> and that, like, that purge of his DVDs that I had. Uh, I remember seeing bits and pieces of it on cable and enjoyed what I'd seen, but I haven't seen the whole thing. I know it's a movie that I'll love as soon as I see it. I've just never seen it. Um, did you like Jack? No, I did not like Jack. I liked it at the time. Yeah, no. Th- this is like that era of Robin Williams where I'm like, nah, nah, not yeah. really. It's like, like that it was... and Father's Day. 
like I feel like Jack and like again in me in middle school and elementary school middle school Jack and like Patch Adams had like just enough humor that it still kept my interest but it was still sort of like a grab at sort you know right yeah um I never saw Father's Day okay I've seen Father's Day Flubber. bad uh I liked flubber as a kid and then i saw it again like five years later when i was like like what like 13 or 14 i'm like man fuck this movie i haven't seen it in forever and i'm sure it's not something that i would be entertained by now no it's it's not very good 1997 my my uh neighbor's grandmother won three advanced screening passes to flubber Ooh, and i nearly pissed myself <laughs> That's so funny to me. Flubber <laughs> threw me through a loop, and to think the same year he did Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> hey man, you know what? Eddie Murphy got a lot of shit about Dreamgirls and Norbit. No one gave Will Rob Williams shit for Flubber and Goodwill Hunting because <laughs> there wasn't Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I I just saw Goodwill Hunting not but for the first time like a few years ago. It's so good. It's so goddamn good. So good. It's it's been a lot. It's one of those like movies I found in high school. I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember that I really liked it. Son of a bitch stole my girl or stole my line. God damn it! I fucked the line up. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, one Saturday morning. Don't know. Oh, what no, I'm is. sorry. I'm sorry. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, what? Because oh, I was looking at what was under it, and it was Disney's One Saturday Morning. He did the voice of like Genie for a few things. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, sorry. What dreams may come. I've heard nothing but awful things about it. But now like people like like it, I don't know. No, cuz here's the thing. I know a lot of people that like it, but they're not the type of people that watch a lot of like art house movies. Yeah. So they're the type of the, the the people that like what dreams may come that I know are the like that's what they think like a high-end sort of like think piece Oscar movie is. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, in Miami, they see what dreams may come and go, damn, dude, that shit was deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, I watched it, like, a few years back, and it was just like, oh, oh, this is trying a lot. Right. That was the general consensus I remember when it came out. Because when it came out, it was, like, I think it was 98 or 99, is when I really started to follow, like, box office and movies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, not so much. Uh, skipping a few here. Um, I, I, I've never seen one hour photo. Uh, dude, you know, that's in one of my, you know, that's in my top five, right? I know. I know it is that or insomnia. I've never seen. I've had insomnia for pretty much my entire DVD collecting life and I've never watched it. (laughs) Uh, yeah. One hour photo was the, see, that's what I think of when I think of Robin Williams is the, the year 2003, and I think of the impact he had on like me, like right before I started to like get into acting and like mm-hmm. particularly like comedy because it was 2003, one hour photo and his stand up special live on Broadway, mm-hmm. which I've watched at nauseum on DVD. I can't even tell you how many times in I high could, school that special was Bible. It, yeah, it could have been I could have recited it front to back. Um, like and, the, and the, the little Easter egg where it's just nothing but the swear words and the noises. I could do that. And I knew it. Everyone in school could too. Everyone, ha- everyone had those bits 
memorized. Exactly. And but no one knew like everyone like would do like the eating out part, but no one really knew what it was about. <laughs> uh I mean, if you didn't know what it was about, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh also another movie he did in that same time that I really, 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 really like Death to Smoochie. Ah, uh, that was the other one I meant to think about. 2003, yeah, it was Death to Smoochie, Insomnia, the live on Broadway, and One Hour Photo. Yeah. He was the fucking man to me in 2003. Yeah. Love Death to Smoochie. So good. It's fantastic. It, it is exactly, dark comedies are normally pretty bad. That's the perfect dark comedy. It's, it is pitch perfect. Yes. And like John Stewart with not gray hair. Yeah, <laughs> he's always a plus. Uh, it was but yeah, surprising. dude, I cannot encourage you enough to seek out one hour photo. It's the only time in my life I've walked out of a movie physically uncomfortable. It's that great. Okay, I'll have to watch that soon then. Yes. Um, uh, another movie. He seems to have worked with Barry Levinson a lot. Man of the Year. I caught like a few. I never seen the whole thing, but I've caught like a few clips of it, and I I liked what I saw. It was good, a good cast. It got a little, like, the plot got away from it a little bit. Yeah, I've heard that. But the cast is is damn good. Yeah, again, nev- never seen it, but I would imagine that I would probably enjoy it more than most people. Yeah, the performances are definitely enough to kind of, like, ke- keep you in for, like, until, like, two commercials, if it's on cable right. or something. Um, I think it was about two, two and a half years ago. Uh, I bought it from a... Video store that was going out of business, as we were wont to do in mm-hmm. 2008 and nine. Yep. Uh, I finally watched World's Greatest Dad. I still have it. I'm waiting to pull it. I'm waiting. I'm, I, I'm kind of weary to pull it now. Yes. Because I know the plot of that movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to I wanna pull it. It's, um, I mean, it'll be... Hard to watch it in the context now. Yeah. So if you can do your best to try to like kind of take that out of your mind for two hours. Yeah. Um, but it is a damn good movie. Uh, and it is like it is affecting. Um, and But it also has a very great ending as well. Uh, and also like. Whenever you hear Bobcat Goldthwait directed a movie in 2009, you really want to dismiss it. Um, but he's like on a roll lately from World's Greatest Dad, God Bless America, which is apparently like insane and really good. And then his latest one, Willow Creek, um, which is like a horror movie. Hmm. Apparently he's like just on fire. Um, so, yeah, I definitely recommend looking those up. Uh, kind of uh, winding down here. Uh, yeah. That that episode of Louie, though. Oh, that's my favorite episode of Louie. It's because it's, it's that's fantastic. it's that one and Never's the second half of that, right? Is that the Never episode with no, the kid named the, Never? Uh, yes, yes. That's my favorite yes, episode of Louie. Yeah. And just oh, check that out on Netflix. The uh, only two that. people that could sell that that entire story oh it's so good yes and then 
last thing he kind of did high profile uh, was um, the crazy ones, which we both are on record as saying that we did like that movie a lot of or that show. A lot of people did not like it. It, I'm really sad. It, it affects me that there's been stories have come out that it was it was one of not like a contributing factor, but it affected him deeply that that show failed because of the way TV is now. There's yeah. no reason that show should not be on the air next year. If that show is on Fox or NBC, even maybe ABC, that gets a second season. Absolutely. CBS. It was was a single camera sitcom on CBS. They don't know what to do with that. They don't know what to do with it. And also was the the Millers. Right. Got renewed. I think it was because of how expensive it was. And it opened to like 15 million viewers. I was like, we got another big ass hit. And it kept yeah. dropping and dropping, dropping. And it settled in a nice like little four, five, six million region, which there that's that's all you need anymore. Yeah. Like that is there's so many shows like community never hit that number. I don't even think Parks and Rec has hit that number before. Not until like maybe just recently. It's a consistent, consistent yeah. number. And that's also not to say like like. I don't know. It just feels to me like CBS is so kind of behind the times in their thinking that like, uh, like time shifting has never been said under that building because they can because they're still number fucking one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it was a show that I was getting really down on the first few episodes because he was. I never actually saw the pilot episode. The pilot was very good. The pilot was good with Kelly Clarkson. Um, like that whole story. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially, I like the pilot because of how big of fans we are of Mad Men. I'm like, okay, comedic Mad Men. We got Bob Benson. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of it kind of got away the next few episodes, and it was too much Robin Williams, which everyone knows what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of settled into like he could give and take, and they fleshed out the rest of the characters. Yes. It and he settled. had great he had great rapport with everybody. Yes, he did. And and it also had a really good. Um, it had really good messages and it had like some real sweetness to it when it needed it to have it. Um, it, ha- it, it, it was starting to find its tone. It found its tone in the last half of it. And that's what comedies need. They need hugely, you know, uh, sometimes they'll need two seasons, but like same thing with like Brooklyn nine, nine, it was better at the start, but it still, it found its tone to become even better halfway right. through the season. Yes. And that's what it was. It was finding its voice. And it, I, I was really shocked and disappointed in myself when I saw the announcement that they didn't renew it. Um, following, uh, like, because I go on EW and Collider and shit all the time, and following like TV news, uh, like every day, like that time of year when they're announcing cancellations and you know and pickups and stuff, it would always be like not crossed out. And the more and more it went, I was like, this isn't getting picked up. I just know it. Yeah. And if it did, I thought it maybe be like a mid-season replacement. Which I was like, that's fine. Give it another like ten weeks, you know. See if people come back and find it. And unfortunately, not. Yeah. Um, one thing I like, I thought that hasn't crossed my mind until like just now. Like I'm, I don't know. Like for like the next gener, like our kids, like it's gonna be. You know, I was sort of looking forward to like that, that last phase of his career where he's like, you know sort of playing different types and like he's not able to do like the physical stuff that he maybe was able to do and yeah you know he's got to evolve his game essentially you know not attack the rim so much but hit some more outside jumpers 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I was looking forward to seeing him sort of evolve that, you know, throughout the years. Um, and, you know, I don't know. It'll be he's definitely left a lot of stuff, though, to show our kids. Yes. Which I'm very happy about. And um, yeah, he's the perfect he's the perfect personality and the perfect actor to show to kids because the energy is what kids thrive off of. And he brought it tenfold. And then and then the second half of that is when you get older and you start understanding everything like. We didn't understand half the shit he did in Aladdin and Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. And you still watch I still watch some of those movies now and I get a joke for the first time ever. Yeah. It's it's he's a gift that will keep on giving despite the fact that he's not here anymore. And he was also heavily influenced by Jonathan Winters. And if you've never either heard of Jonathan Winters or, you know, sought out any of his stuff, um, a lot of it still holds up today and you can see the influences heavily. Um, just a a comedic actor from, uh, back in the early days of television, sort of like the end of radio kind of, um, and, uh, like my, like my personal connection to Robin Williams was that like, he was the first actor. And again, he was an actor. Like, stand-up mm-hmm. was a huge part of his life, and he, you know, he would apparently, like, get up on the UCB stage in L.A. and, like, play with just teams, but he went to Juilliard, and that's yeah. not to be forgotten. No. Um, But he was, like, one of the first people, again, in that era of, like, 91 to 93 that I looked at and said, and, like, you know, oh, it looks, like, fun to act that way, and, you know, when I would act you know, in a very outlandish manner as a child, I saw it would elicit responses. Mm-hmm. And so like the two factors of me become like wanting to pursue from that early of an age, you know, an entertainment profession is seeing Robin Williams. And, you know, again, he heavily influenced the way kind of like I sort of started out uh, on stage. Uh, and then also, uh, Jim Carrey was the one yep. to kind of make me like say I can do that exactly, and not in a, not in a bad way. Like I could do that, but like no, it's like I I can do that because I want to because it looks like a shit ton of fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, and between those two are those are those two are the reasons why I am up in Chicago right now and yeah. trying to give this a go. Um. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's really not much more to say. Uh, he will be missed, and um, we will be lucky if somebody even has half of what he did for for the future generation. Yeah, um, and even the longevity too. You know, absolutely. Like, most people, if you know, they you know have a a couple you know hits, and then. Followed up with a couple not so much, a couple big misses. It's yeah, I mean, usually I mean, kind of spells the end, especially nowadays. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like you just mentioned, Jim Carrey, like he's struggling to find what Robin Williams had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you know, it, he hasn't had a hit in quite a while, a long and, while. You know, and Robin Williams, if he didn't have hits, at least he always constantly was doing something different. At least yeah. to keep you entertained in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Um. And he wasn't afraid to go back to stand up and like put on a, a an amazing yes. special. Yes. I never did you ever see a weapon of self destruction? I think is what it was no, called. No, I didn't. 
I, I, I saw bits and pieces of it. It definitely was n- not as good as Live on Broadway, uh-huh. but it still had its moments. Yeah. Um, I think also the crowd. The crowd just didn't seem like good. Like the parts I would say, like I would be like like laughing at stuff, and the crowd would just not be as 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 vibrant. But um, I need to check that out, the whole thing out. Yeah. Um, and then also just with Jim Carrey, it just seems like he's very much in his head now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like about like either what he should be doing or should be saying, or like what's art or what's not creepy, like his Emma Stone video. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was not so much. Just don't do that. Um, to, to switch gears, uh, if yeah. we may, to bring this back up quickly uh, before we sign off, because I know we're going a little long. I am glad uh, we talked about that, though. Yes, me too. It was much needed because it, it's still like I'll still see stories and I just get sad again. Yep. And now I'm at the point where, like, after talking about, it, I'm like, okay, it's you know, I'll just watch Robin Williams movie and I'll feel better. Um, Dick Bavetta's retiring. About goddamn time. <laughs> Thirty nine years of service, man. How you old know, is he? Uh, let's see here. 164? <laughs> that sounds about right. Is what it says? The picture, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, um, he's looked like the Crypt Keeper since 1989. <laughs> uh, uh, I want him to go out, like, he should have raised Barkley one more time. That should be, <laughs> that should have just been added to All-Star Weekend. Like, just every year, they have a foot race, they kiss each other on the mouth, and then we call it a day. <laughs> um, uh, all right, well, now I'm just going down uh, uh, the Facebook trending topics, but that also did remind me. Um, the Emmys are coming up this Monday, I think. Um, maybe, I'm not sure. And we had a whole episode talking about the Emmys, and, and in that episode, uh, I hadn't watched Orange is the New Black or Fargo. I've since completed both of those. Oh, how was Fargo? Really good? Fargo's really good. Damn it. Um uh uh Billy Bob Thornton is um Is he back? He's well in Fargo he is. Good. Uh he uh he makes Anton Sugar look like a doorknob. Jesus. In just like maybe not like his I mean he's still very brutal and very violent, but he's also like he could just like turn on charm, or turn on like, you know, uh, t- like he he can just he's like a chameleon mm. when that character needs to be. It's phenomenal. Um, the Martin Freeman was okay. Uh, like the story arc for that character reminded me a lot of kind of like a, a more condensed Walter White minus the mm-hmm. meth, but like you know this timid character turning into something else. Um, uh, who I mean. All the the you know smaller bit roles like recurring roles from like Keen Keen Peel fucking crushed. I saw five minutes of Fargo flipping through the channels. And I didn't know what it was because I saw Keen Peel. I'm like, this isn't Comedy Center. What is this? And then yeah. I found out what it was. Yeah, and that's what got me like really pissed that I wasn't watching it. They were great. Like, I don't know how many dramatic uh, acting duos there are, but they could do both. Yeah, uh, they'll be the new. Uh, they'll be the new Newman and uh, Newman and Redford. There you go. Um, real quick, who else? Oh, uh, I mean, you know, I'm all about that Oliver Platt. Oh, I was expecting it to be Colin Hanks. Well, Colin Hanks speaks for him f- his fucking self, all right? He's Emmy nominated. <laughs> Colin Hanks crushes. And not necessarily crushes, because, again, he plays kind of like a sort of a, a, a dope. And, and he's Colin Hanks. 
but with a great accent. And uh, yeah, really fucking good. Um, it feels very cinematic. Uh, the there's like a lot of the episodes open up with like like an opening score and like a, a cinematic movie or like credit sequence. And if like each episode feels like a movie, um, really, really good. Uh, Orange is the New Black, first season hilarious, second season like weighty and depressing. Um, and would uh, the uh, actress that got nominated for best supporting actress in a comedy series, mm-hmm. uh, Laverne Cox, the uh, uh, post op uh, transgender woman, mm-hmm. um. Honestly, I, I uh, well, from what I understand, uh, Ar- the Orange is the New Black that's nominated was for the first season. So in which case, I will say then it's deserved because she was really good. Yeah. Um, second season, uh, I wouldn't expect a nomination because okay. just just that she didn't have much to do. Okay. There's a lot more focus, uh, other focus pl- uh, in the story. That said, the fourth episode of the first season is maybe one of the funniest hours because it's, it's essentially it's an hour-long dramedy essentially hmm. um but it's really good and every now and then because uh, jason biggs is in it i'll close my eyes and i'll think leonardo is talking to someone in prison <laughs> uh, and i've also watched the first two episodes of the nick which is um graphic oh uh, yeah i've heard it's i've heard it's interesting it's it's good mm-hmm but it's man, it's um. They use a lot of fake blood. Cool. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know how I am with not being able to. The same way I can't watch someone take a specific type of maneuver in uh, what we can't talk about. Uh-huh. I am with like needles. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm. I just. I have to say this. You're going to hear it on uh, the next episode of Married with Movies, the podcast we can't talk about on the show. <laughs> um, uh, there's something you talk. I thought you were going to talk about an, like something an actor did on that. Um, I know your uh, kindred spirit in the realm of accidentally repeating things with your mouth. Um, <laughs> it is fucking Ellen Page, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the upcoming episode of Married with Movies, but god damn, that movie suck and her mouth was part of it. <laughs> I just had to get that off my chest. Okay. Go on. Uh yeah, and for a promo for the Emmys, um uh did you see the video that um Julia Louis Dreyfus did with Brian Cranston and Aaron no, Paul? No, I, I I've seen it everywhere. I haven't had a chance to watch it though. It's it's six minutes, it's hilarious. I'll check it out. Definitely I see it here. It the list I have here includes Pierce Brosnan playing Goldeneye, Nicki, Nicki Minaj's ass, Jim mm-hmm. Kelly cancer-free, mm-hmm. and Mike Carey finding the Redskins name offensive and not refing their games anymore. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was because he was way too jacked to show up. No, I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, I'm getting my refs confused. Mike Carey's the one that surprises you. Who's the jacked fucking NFL ref? Ed Hockley. Ed Hockley. Thank you. Uh, and Hockley. Whereas, crazy. on the other hand, you have um, Mike Ditka saying it's uh, just all the political correct idiots in America. Well, that's Ditka. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that'll that'll do us. Yeah. Um, 
uh, we've caught up successfully on everything. Uh, mind you, this entire time, two, four, six, I have nine tabs about something we can't talk about that we have to talk about. <laughs> uh, so that'll be fun. But um, yeah, we thank you as always for listening to the Blank Slate podcast. You can check us out on Twitter. Nope, start that over. Sorry. Um, you can check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review and five stars. You can get your podcast automatically by subscribing there. Also, Stitcher Radio. Uh, we know that a lot of you listen to it there. Um, of course, you can find this on the Podswoggle Network, podswoggle.com. This podcast feed is there, as well as Podswoggle Wrestling Podcast with Entertainment and Married with Movies. And it doesn't get a tagline. Uh, the new podcast that you're hearing um, from a the Podswoggle movie Network. podcast with a married couple. Exactly. There you go. Um, for the Blank Slate, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Blank Slate Podcast. Pod. Pod, damn it. And I knew it was reverse. And you can email us at blankslatepodcast at gmail.com. God damn it. Uh, yeah. Be on the lookout for uh, NFL show, I'm sure, coming up here very soon. We're probably going to have a fall TV show, uh, fall Fall TV and Fall Movies podcast. Mm-hmm. And plus, also, Rich hasn't even introduced all the other crazy characters he's got going on in Chicago. And I'm excited to get Steve Real on a, another show uh, very soon. Something that dawned on me that we need to do is we need to have an ultimate geek off challenge uh, between it's me and you and you with Steve and me with Robert. Oh, I don't think it's. Well, I also, um, I'm glad you bring that up. I, I was already going to pitch this idea. A um a blank slate pod swoggle uh, crossover, um, which is basically blatantly ruining <laughs> breaking the rules of yeah. the blank slate. But uh, for pod swoggle, every year we do a uh, a tournament uh, in that realm, uh, and this year it's going to be based on comic book characters. And I want to get Robert and Steve's input yes. on who is going to make the tournament. Yes, uh, because we have sixty eight spots open. And there's a lot of comic book characters. And while the opinions of myself, Rich, Augie, Tope, and Whitten are great, we need people who really know what we're going to be talking about to help out. So I was thinking maybe... We might as well just pass that off to them. (laughs) Well, I definitely want to get their heavy opinion. So I was thinking maybe do that on here and then bleed that over into our actual selection show, which would be... That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, I think I hit all the plugs. Rich, anything else? Uh, hit me up at Rich Cammy on Twitter at yes. uh, Rich Cammy Four on Instagram, and um, you know, uh, say a little prayer that I get the job. Say a little prayer for you. you. Let's go, uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it! That Hashtag twaining. Fuck. Uh, you can follow me at your host mullet on Twitter. Also. Uh, not a lot of followers on, but at Mary W Movies for that podcast at Possible on Twitter. I'm plugging all these things because I don't have Instagram. I don't have all these other things. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm trying to use it more. Uh, yeah, it feels good just to, to shamelessly plug your own Twitter account. And you know what? Because we I, don't do that on Potswoggle. We don't. We <laughs> don't. Because absolutely do it here. <laughs> Hell yes, at your host Mullet, motherfucker. Uh, well, then for my co-host Rich. Which now I feel bad doing all the time after my wife has called me out on it for it being condescending. What? I don't know if you listen to Mary movies, but like the first episode, I was like, well, for my wife, Mullen, she goes, don't treat me like fucking rich and widden. I can speak for myself to say goodbye. And I'm like, you know, thinking about it, it does sound kind of bad. That's <laughs> called signing off, though. I know. That's but how you traditionally sign off. 
She don't well, thank you. don't try to let don't let her fucking make you think thank you. that you're doing anything wrong or anything like that. That that is industry standard. Thank you for taking my side. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Also, uh, I did listen to the first episode. Dude, shots fired in the first fucking sixty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> fuck! I turned it right the fuck off. Uh, I don't think she's mentioned you since, so it's okay. She was just she's no, getting from better. You. Oh, me with what? Yeah. Oh, I'm not across from a, a fat, sweaty Italian guy. Uh, I didn't say sweaty. <laughs> I did not say sweaty. Yeah, you might as well have. It was implied. I, and I said how weird it was. Yeah, and then you said it, it's better. Well, I mean, for Rich, this is Mullet. <sighs> Signing out for the Blank Slate podcast. You can go ahead and delete this now. Catch us later. I, I miss your I miss your Musk. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, you're almost out of the doghouse. You and I should get an apartment together. We already did. <laughs>